never heard that before. All right. Um, welcome, welcome, everyone, to another episode of Geek Vibes Interview brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Don Fisher. And today I have with me an actor, producer, director, and also a musician. You know him from his roles in films such as Children of the Corn, Back to the Future, The Burbs, and a plethora of television shows. And more recently, films uh, such as Candy Corn, uh, uh, Wait the Dawn, and the newly released Queen Bees. I'd like to welcome Courtney Gaines. Hey, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> that sounded <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Actor, director. I mean, whoop, sounds, sounds like I'm a busy cat, man. No, look, you know what? And I'm, I've been on this um, kick, which is perfect. The, uh, what the emails they sent me, how to do this is uh, I've been on this kick of giving people their roses while they're still here. I hate, there you go. I hate the notion that we always wait till someone's passed. And it's like, they don't. They don't feel that love. They don't feel that that admiration uh, until it's too late. So we should like do this more often, where we appreciate people right now. You know what I mean? I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so thirty years in the game, right? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> That's crazy. Like I, <laughs> when I was looking at it, I was like, I'm, I'm 33. Like this guy has been putting in work for so long. Um, how does it feel because you have these roles like Back to the Future and um, Children of the Corn um, that people like latch on to? Um, and I mean, I was looking through Instagram, there's like fan pages of you and people are like posting pictures of you as uh, Malachi. How does it feel to be like a time capsule for people to <laughs> forever be like this person to them, no matter what age you are? Right. It's sort of a blessing and a curse, isn't it? So it was it was literally the first movie I ever did. And who would have imagined that 36 plus years later here, we're still talking about it. And it's this iconic character that uh, is never going to go away. <laughs> you know? So but at the same time, to be known for something is 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 also great. That's very hard to have accomplished anything like that. And, um, you know, I've been doing conventions now, horror conventions for the past, I don't know, 15 years. I stayed away from them for a long time and I'm actually glad I started doing them because it, it really gave people the opportunity you were just talking about, which was, you know, people will come and say, I drove six hours just to see you, you know, and, and they'll tell you all the things they want to tell you about how you scared the hell out of them when they were a kid or, or whatever it is. And I, and I, I try to be, you know, present, you know, and, and hear what they have to say, because I know when I meet somebody that I'm excited about, I want them to hear what I say too. Right, and if they, right. and if they don't, if they're a disappointment, honestly, I never want to see what they've done do again, because I just, that's all I can think about is how they were a jackass, you know? Right, right. So, so, you know, it's, it's, it, but, but it's, it, but it's also been very good for me to, to hear all that feedback because, you know, this movie and stuff was obviously way before the internet and all that. I didn't realize the, the impact, to be honest, that children of the corn, but also the burbs, you know, uh, that comedy that, you know, did okay in the box office right. to some people that movie means a lot, you know, uh, it, it was that movie that for a lot of families was like the bridge where the kids and the parents could watch it together. And they, and it was like, it created family time. Right. And, and as these people then became adults, they really appreciated that, that they could have that time with their, with their family. So, you know, who, who knew that was going to, that that movie would have that kind of impact, you know? Yeah. It's, I think it's one of those things that like, when so I, I saw Children on the Corn when I was younger, and it was one of the um, first horror movies that I can, you know, uh, vividly remember. And so that's one of those things where my son or daughter gets older, 
you know, you want to go back and show them the things you loved and what kind of helped mold you as a person or your interest. Um, and with the films back then, um, I think, you know, sometimes I know it, the industry is about money, but the cult movies are the ones that kind of withstand the test of time that people Correct. are going to constantly go back to. And you have these characters that stand out and people are always going to remember. Well, I don't think that back in the 80s that people knew that horror was going to have such a, a long-term following and then eventually go mainstream, you know, on television like it is today. Right. I thought they, so they saw it as, you know, B-movies that, that uh, you know, were not that big a deal. But it, it turns out, you know, sci-fi and horror fans are the, the hardcore fans. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, it's hard. For, and as, a, as a, a film critic, it's hard for me sometimes to see, like, the ratings of some of my favorite horror movies. I'm like... <laughs> It's not supposed to be this art film. It's supposed to be a horror film. Like you don't have to like. It's not you know this artistic drama. I get it. I get it. But like people want to be entertained as well, and that's just as important. Yeah, I remember uh, this film critic in Lo you know Los Angeles on ABC television panned me in the movie. You know, it was like the first thing I'd ever been in, and I mean he just ripped me a new one. You know, and. Uh, yeah, you know, I was it was as a young kid, it was like a kind of a shocking thing. But uh, I always say he's not doing that anymore and I'm still here. <laughs> and, you know, people come up to me and tell me they literally had nightmares about me. I figure if you can get that far into someone's sub subconscious, you've done something right. For sure. <laughs> um, so you have this uh, you're in this new film, Queen Bees. Yeah, um, I haven't had a chance to, to view. Yeah, I just got uh, sent the link. Um, but I noticed that like yourself with this long career, the cast is a bunch of like season, season veterans that I'm sure that um, you don't have to direct too much, but you still can learn from um, a lot of these people. So what is it like working on a film like that? You're absolutely right. So I just had a cameo in this, but it made the, it made the trailer, which really was a nice surprise. But yeah, the reason I did the role is because I got to work with Ellen Bernstein. I got to work with Jane Curtin. I got to work with Loretta Devine and I got to work with, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, I can't shoot. I'm blanking. Uh, one of the sexiest women of all time. Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. When I have to think of names, I blow it. And Margaret. Oh yeah. And Margaret. I mean, so what was really cool about that was it was a scene that the first part of it took place in this diner and then I, I steal a purse, right? And they, they come out in the uh, outside and catch me. And I'm trying to get on my motorcycle. But so my character was sitting there watching them. So I got to watch them do this scene before my part for, you know, uh, the, the day. And it was, it was great to watch each of them work because they all worked very differently. I mean, you know, Ellen Bernstein is a method actress, you know, she's, she's, she, you know, she's famous for coming from that whole New York school, you know, yeah. and so to watch her work and conjure and then to watch Anna Margaret, who was just such an icon from her era, knowing how to be charming and charismatic, and then to watch like Loretta Vine listen, you know, she listened with her eyes, so great, and then Jane Curtin, I mean, she's, you know, Saturday Night Live, I mean, her mm -hmm. comic timing is right. like impeccable, you know, and you'd watch each one of them doing their thing and how that all worked together. You know, and that's as an actor, that's what I love. I love watching people's methods and styles and techniques and and their geniuses. And I got to watch four iconic actresses for hours just do what they do. And that was that was that was a great experience for me. Yeah, and and I think what's what's special about you is that you have this ability that even if it's a, a small role, a cameo, or if it's one episode of a show, you I don't know, you stick in the mind 
and the, I just started uh, rewatching My Name is Earl. And, <laughs> and your episode, the Lemon Car episode, is one of my favorites because it's a very, it's one of the more realistic episodes as far as like, that's what happens to people. You, someone does something scummy to you and then you're like, is this how people are? And then do I in, in turn return the favor to someone else? And it, it goes on this whole thing. And, um, and it's funny because before I had a chance to interview, interview you, I uh, had just watched the episode. Oh, great. Of this episode and then in my email, I'm like, oh, what a coincidence. Things just yeah. started lining in a certain way. But yeah, I think that's, you know, a, a, a skill set that you have is that you have this uh, obviously staying power but you were able to uh, stick out in the mind uh, very easily. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, uh, I was a fan of that show. I love the, even though, you know, as, as a comedy, it had, like you said, an undertone that was something that made people think. And, yeah. and that was fantastic. I auditioned for that show for four seasons. I went in that many, many times trying to get a job. And because I just really liked the show. And uh, ironically, I ended up getting by far the best role that I auditioned for. And I think what made that role great for me or, you know, gave me is, is it, it was a, I got to combine, you know, I've played like nerds, like say can't buy me love. Right. And I've played tough guys and other things or crazy guys and other things. But in that, I got to sort of play both. And, you know, in the beginning, he's just a wide eyed doughy guy. And then like you say, life turns. And by the time you see him now, he's, he's crazy. And, you know, disenfranchised with the world that's kind of like in a nutshell what I do best right so it was great to get to do all of that in one in one show and a show that I liked and my son uh, at the time was going to high school not too far from there and he was a fan of both those actors so I got to bring him to set and rarely you know you can impress a teenager you know and he was just <laughs> overjoyed to get to meet these guys so that that was a great moment for me on that level too yeah man it's so it's so great um and I know you have um, some upcoming projects, right? You have one called River, I believe. Yeah, so River's coming out July 13th. And it's a, uh, it would go into the sci-fi category, but but it's it's a real independent movie with a very small cast. And there's not a lot of CGI or anything. It's sort of got alien undertones to it right. and things. It's a very cool little project, though. And uh, I'm glad Gravitas Pictures picked it up and it's going to get out there. Because you never know when you make an independent film when it's going to see the light of day. And this one got turned around really, really quick, which, which I think speaks to the quality of the film. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I've, I've been, uh, have a growing appreciation for Gravitas. They've been putting out a lot of great uh, films over the past two years. So I, I expect without having known anything uh, about the movie, everyone just told me that it's going to be good. I haven't seen them put out anything bad recently. Yeah, they put out Queen Bees too. So God bless them. I'm, right. I'm, on, I'm on the roster now. I'm on the Gravitas roster. <laughs> um, so I uh, I started listening to your music um, last night, this morning, right? And you have these two very like yin yang type of uh, yes. vibes. You have your acoustic, uh, which is just <laughs> your solo stuff. And yeah. then you have uh, your band, uh, Ripple Street. Yeah. Um, and I'm impressed, man. I'm impressed. <laughs> no, I, I think I would do your solo stuff on, on the weekend, you know, chilling. And then <laughs> I like the the heaviness of the, the band, the Ripple Street. I was like, yes. And you gave the music time to breathe and the guitar sounded so good. Uh, the, the newer single, uh, what was it called? Was it Would You? 
Yeah. I love it, man. So kind of got a black, kind of got a black Sabbath vibe to it. Yeah. So how did that come about? Did it, was it a, you always love music or did it like sprout during quarantine? (laughs) (laughs) So I've been doing, I've been, you know, I started taking guitar lessons and acting lessons around the same time, 13 years old, you know, Um, obviously the acting career, you know, took off and I, and I had more support in that regard with, you know, my mentor, a guy named Virgil Fry, who I trained with and was my manager for years. And, um, so, uh, but I was always doing music on the side. Like I had an acoustic band, uh, in, in the late eighties called the gathering played a lot of coffee house scenes in LA and stuff like that. So it was always there, just never got like a record deal or anything to really get that going. Um, so I've always been doing it, but, uh, you know, I'm at the point now where I'm going, well, that deal is probably never coming, but I have a lot of material, you know, they're now with Spotify and all of that. You can do it yourself. So just do it and put yourself out there, you know, especially the acoustic stuff. I think I was probably hesitant to do it for a long time, just because it's a lot of it's really personal, you know, but it was cathartic for me as a human being. But I was like, it's time. And like you said, who knows how much longer I'm going to be here, right? It's like, put the stuff out. And I want to also, you know, just put it all out there for my son to have, you know, just as a, an anthology, as it were. So, um, and also we're in the day and age now where it's really easy to record, you know, and inexpensive. You can build a little, little, it's very easy to put a little setup together now in your home. And then with the, the band, uh, Frankie uh, Bogus is his name who came on. So we were talking about the band, just, just that uh, I was able to connect with the material really easily and, and come up with lyrics. And yeah, writing, it's interesting you said about the giving the space because uh, as a, an acoustic guitar player, you put a lot of lyrics and stuff, you know, but when, you, when you're working with a band and a bass player writing a lot of riffs through, you know, bass, I find that it's a, you need to really tone it down and get to the point and not tone it down vocally, but to, lyrics wise and get, get to it. And uh, that's been, that's been a nice challenge with the band and um yeah, sometimes less is more, you know, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And, I, and I think I can definitely hear that, um, like, there is a certain um, ease uh, and, com- uh, and and comfort doing the music. Because I know, like, if you were, if you were trying, like, you know, um, if you're an up-and-coming artist and you're trying to get into the music industry, there, there, there sometimes is, like, a certain level of, like, you got to pick me or I have to make this hit. And yours, it seems like, I'm good and I'm just going to let it flow and let it speak for itself. And I think that's why it sounds so good. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I was certainly not even thinking in those terms and I never, I never really have musically. I just, I just, whatever's coming through is coming through and just trust that, you know? And I, Hey, I live in Nashville. So if you ever come and do some kind of live stuff, I'll be there. Okay. Okay. Um, that, that sounds cool. <laughs> and uh, so uh, with you, up, your career up to this point, is there um, any moments or any roles that um, kind of stick out to you? Gosh, yeah, I mean, there's tons. I mean, it's a lot of years, lots of moments. Uh, hard, hard to say where to begin. I mean, you know, of course, you, you know, you remember your first movie, of course, because it's the first thing, and and really it was about proving that I belonged. You know, that was that was what was at stake there. But you know, it was the first time I'd been in Iowa. That was a, I lived in Los Angeles. Iowa was a whole was a whole different world <laughs> from some kid who lived in the inner city of Los Angeles. You know. Uh, but I mean, things like Memphis Bell, every, all, all the actors on that, whenever we see each other, it's always like, yeah, I've been yeah, trying to yeah. recreate that amazingness again, because, you know, we got to go to England for four, three, four months. We flew in a real B-17 at one point on the 4th of July. That's a, you know, unbelievable experience. Right. So, uh, you know, things that you'll just, that you, 
you'll just never forget. So it's usually like, it's amazing. Like to me, like locations and sets, those are the things that like stand out. Like, uh, you know, I did a mini series Texas rising a few years ago and they were the biggest sets I've ever seen. The first day I was there just meeting the director, checking out my wardrobe, they were shooting a scene where they had recreated the Alamo and it was like half on fire. <laughs> and it was a huge set. I was just like, this is the most amazing set I've ever seen. You know, uh, those are the kinds of things you, you know, you really, really remember is because it's not just about what you do. It's about everything around you. The better, the better budget and the better people and the better art, art, artistic people, you know, the set dressers and designers and all those things come to play too. And then you're just like in this amazing environment where you can just really do your thing. It's so easy to believe because they've provided you know i mean you're you're at the alamo man (laughs) so that's the kind of stuff i most remember working so i have a a a quirky question that that you're the first person i'm gonna try it on um (laughs) if you were to be a cartoon character what would be be your everyday outfit (laughs) oh my gosh these are the kind of questions that just, uh, you know, kill me. I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take this off the wall. You know, one of the cool things about doing conventions is people give me art they make, which just blows me away. Here you go. Here's Malachi. See if you can see Malachi. <laughs> can we see it without the reflection? Yeah, there, there, there you go. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's the uh, outfit right there. <laughs> so um, besides your uh, upcoming uh, film, is there anything else that you have uh, coming up or going on? Yeah, so right, we got Queen Bees out right now. We've got River coming out July 13th. And then a trailer just came out for another movie I did that called The Bleeding Dark that I play the lead in okay. that I can only describe. It's, it's it would, it's going to go into the horror horror genre, no doubt about that. But I have to call it a drama horror film, and the reason I say that is because the situation is that my we lost my wife in a murder at her house, and my son is upset with me and blames me for it, and I'm depressed, and so all the stuff I do in And it is a, right and then the son he's getting possessed by the mother and he's acting he's doing oh shit, shit is it gonna go um his, oh it's in an <laughs> it's all good yeah my 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 internet stinks man it's all good uh i only i'm, I'm almost done okay <laughs> Um, so really, um, uh, do you have social media that people can find you at? Yeah. So, uh, pretty simple stuff. Just you get me on my Facebook and my Instagram. You look at my name, you'll find me. Um, uh-huh. and then obviously if you want to check out music, go to Spotify for either Courtney Gaines, acoustic, uh, acoustic Gaines volume one, or go to ripple street and all our stuff's up there. Do you, uh, do you or your band, do y'all have any plans um, on doing any kind of touring or anything like that? Nothing at the moment. We've got two more singles we're going to be putting out, and that's going to create an EP. And then we're, we're in the process now that things are starting to open up to discuss whether we're going to want to hit the road or not. Nice, nice. Can't wait. Um, yeah. I appreciate your time, man. Um, this was fun. 
uh, hiccups and all, you know, it's life without adversity. So um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I appreciate your time, though. Uh, I'm going to be able to watch um, Queen Bees this weekend. Well, have fun. <laughs> and, yeah, and I'll be on the lookout and everyone be on the lookout for um, River and you said Bleeding Dark? Bleeding Dark. Yeah, it should be out sometime later this year. Cool, man. Um, so, yeah, again, thanks. Um, and hey, here's your flowers, your roses. Hopefully you get more of them because you deserve it. And hopefully I can uh, somehow muster up a trend where we do things <laughs> like these uh, more often because, uh, you know, more people are deserving of their their love uh, before all the, the dark and gloomy stuff, you know. <laughs> there you go. Very good. I appreciate the acknowledgement and I appreciate you doing this. You have a good day. You too. All right.